welcome to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're t- here talking all things Soul for Red Devils. I'm joined by Paul Whiteside, as always. Our, late, our last podcast quite a while ago, Paul. Have you been missing it? I have, yeah. I keep my review, don't I? I say, when are we doing another podcast? I bet you get sick of me messaging you, but yeah, they have missed it, Rob. It's um, been a funny sort of time, hasn't it, without any rugby league? And there's been a few stories recently, and they're creeping back into the, to the newspapers and, and Obviously, one big story that we've been involved in. So, so yeah, it's good to it's good to get back on the airwaves and have a chat. Obviously, still working, keeping Britain going. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I've had a, a day off today, but I'm back in tomorrow and, uh, and Saturday. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, Rob. But it's it's kept me sane, really. You know, being in work, it just gives your life a bit of a norm, normality, really. So, I've just been keeping as, as as busy as I can and doing a bit of exercise when. When you can do it, you know, going for a walk, and that's a bit better now because you can do a bit more, can't you? But uh, yeah, trying to keep as normal as possible, mate, if I can. Yeah, I've been off, uh, been off work with me, with me, uh, me problem. I get a get an um, an operation, well, not operation, like a test shortly to see what's up with me. So hopefully, yeah. uh, I'll get a result and I can get back to work and get back to a bit of normality. But it has been good actually, you know, being uh, being off, being able to you know chill out and relax and. Obviously, with all this pandemic, you've got to watch yourself, haven't you, with everything going on? Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah, you've got to be careful, haven't you? I think you've just got to be... For me, the way I look at it, you've just got to be sensible, haven't you? And uh, you've keep your hands clean. And I don't know, it sounds daft, doesn't it? Like, it's just what they always say, risk assess and all that. We tell us at work, but I think you've got to do, haven't you? You've got to, uh, got to behave, haven't you? And uh, just do what's right. It's a, it's a funny sort of time, isn't it? Nobody knows what's on the corner, isn't it? So... You've just got to uh, make the best of things and, and look after yourself. But yeah, good luck with your uh, with, with, with your medical stuff, mate. I hope everything you know goes uh, goes to plan. Yeah, I've taken uh, one of your advices, one of your um, lockdown uh, things where you where you use your mouthwash every time you go to a, a sort of a customer's house. I started doing that. Have before. you? <laughs> I've stopped doing that. Really, I've not bought anything for a bit, but I don't know whether it works or not. No one's ever really said anything, but so it keeps your teeth keeps your teeth clean, doesn't it? And that's always can't be bad. Yeah. So look, that's the one thing I've taken from it. I remember when you were saying that to me early on. I thought, you know what, I'll start doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you touch wood, you're doing all right at the moment, aren't you? So you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So what we'll do, Paul? Well, obviously, we'll have a look back at all the big news, you know, since our last. Uh, sort of podcast um, we've obviously got all the, the other big sulfur news as well so loads and loads to, to go at yeah there's been quite surprisingly there's been quite a few things going on really aren't there in, the, in rugby league there's a lot of things being said a lot of assumptions being made about when things might start again so considering there's been no matches there is uh, there is quite a bit on the agenda really so we'll do uh, we'll start off all the big news So let's start with the the government loan, sixty million pound. Uh, the government has given to uh, the RFL uh, to keep uh, the sport going uh, through the coronavirus. Um, I think I think it's a, a lot of money, Paul. Um, you know, which will hopefully do some good. Yeah, certainly. I think you know all sports are struggling out for funding and things like that. So any sort of money that you get is going to going to go to good use, isn't it? And you know, sixty million pounds. It sounds a lot of money, doesn't it? But I suppose when you spread it out through all the clubs and throughout the game, it probably won't go that far, will it? But it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a good ground for uh, for helping teams out because, you know, a lot of I think it's more for me the smaller clubs. I mean, the, the bigger sort of clubs are, are going to be able to sell shirts and, and have sort of shops and, and retail, don't they? And clubs that have got major backers and things like that, they've got a bit to fall back on. Whereas you. These smaller clubs in that championship and, and League One. I mean, there's some clubs in there who've got a bit of money behind them, but there's some clubs who haven't really, you know, that struggle to get by, and you know they're going to need help. You know, the traditional clubs as well. A lot of these clubs are like the the heart and soul of, of that town or that village or wherever they are, and, and the people of you know they need that in their lives, don't they? So I just hope the money gets spread around fairly, and uh, you know I, I don't want to see any club go to the wall after after this sort of pandemic. You want to see all the clubs surviving and, and, and carrying on you know when life does get back to some sort of normality yeah it, like we said it's all all the clubs uh, apart from um toronto and um catalan um you think i think that's kind of a blow for our sort of expansion uh, dreams because obviously all clubs need to be looked after but obviously these two clubs are under our 
you know, sort of government are they? So it'll be interesting to see if the uh, the French government or the the Canadian government uh, do a similar thing for them. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, I would I would have thought they'd get some sort of some sort of help, wouldn't you? You would have thought so, especially with Catalans as well. In a European country, you would have thought that I mean they've been quite badly hit by by the coronavirus, haven't they? So you'd expect something to happen there. With Toronto, I'm not too sure. I mean, I know they have a good backing, don't they, as well over there in, in Canada. So uh, I'm sure they'll be okay. But yeah, we just want to make sure all the the clubs are all right. It's, it's a tricky time, isn't it? You want, I suppose, the main thing is you want to make sure people are safe and players are safe, supporters are safe, and that. But then after that, there's obviously going to be the, the financial side of things where, where you know clubs have got to survive, haven't they? So let's just hope all the clubs get get the help that they need. I think it could be a blow uh, for expansion, obviously, because obviously they're talking about uh, quarantining. You know, people who who come in from abroad. If obviously the likes of Castellan and Toronto and potentially New York you know, coming to play and people are having to be put in quarantine for, for two weeks. Um, it, might, it might kind of like be a big problem, that. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that'll work, Robert. Whether it means that Catalans have got to play in the French League for a couple of years or, or Toronto can't play in the Super League, I don't, I don't really know how that's going to work. I really don't. Um, I suppose it's something that you'll just have to, to wait and see. I, I'm sure the Rugby League have probably looked at that um, and we, could Catalan come over here and play like a block of games? I, I don't really know. It's it's a tricky one. I think the sport's going to change. I really do. And I mean, perhaps players might have to go part time. Will they next season? Will they will they have to get jobs again? Will they be able to afford to pay players full time? Well, I suppose there's all sorts of questions, isn't it, really, and and you know how this is is going to affect sport. And it, it does does sound like a logistical nightmare, doesn't it? When you've got teams that, that you know from another country, how they're going to go on? So. I suppose there's an awful lot of questions that need to be asked. I mean, we're probably going to talk about when the league's going to start. Will the league start again? Um, there's all sorts of things. And I suppose you've just got to keep waiting on what the government's saying. They're sort of updates. They sort of update us every three weeks or so, don't they? And, and tell you what, what's happening. But it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shot into the unknown, really. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I think what it is, obviously, all the clubs, they're not out of the woods. Obviously, this 60 million, 16 million sort of loan just sort of, sort of makes up for sort of what they've lost, haven't they, really? So it, it's kind of, the clubs really have to kind of make sure that they're still, you know, generating juice going forward. Well, yeah, like you said, if, if that, um, if that 60 million does sort of substitute what they have lost, then, then, then side shouldn't be too bad, should they should, should be okay. So let's just hope, hope so. I mean, we, we know if our club's off and, um, they, they had enough funding, didn't they? For was it for April and May? And I think of the play, am I right in saying the players have been furloughed now? Are they on? Are they on furlough at the moment? I'm not too the, sure, but yeah, I think they are. I think that's correct. Is that right? I, I thought they were on furlough now. So, uh, so yeah, let's just hope that 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 money comes in, and obviously you've got the television money as well. But that's a bit of a worry. And it's always is our Sky going to carry on giving that that television money if there's if there's no games on the on the television and that? So. It, 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 I don't know. The way I look at it, you can't really start playing rugby league again until until this virus is on its way out, or there's, there's some sort of change with the government. Because even if you used to play games behind closed doors, you're still gonna have to have doctors there. You're gonna have to have like um, the kit people there, the people who you know. There's all sorts of different sort of people who, who are not on the playing sort of staff who have to be involved as well, isn't there? So uh, it, it'd be a big risk for me. So I'm not too sure what what's going to happen. It's, it really is a massive sort of uh, risk, if, if that's the right word. Yeah, the government have said first of June, aren't they? But for all uh, sports, but I think they're going to look at it again, aren't they, on the first of June and review it? And yeah, they haven't kind of uh, you know planned for that. They're, they're still inquiring, still sort of talking to each other about what what the possibilities are. Um, but it would be interesting, obviously, to see Sky TV. You know that they. they pay all the big money don't they for the games and they'll want that to be shown on their uh, platform so you know they really do need to keep paying to keep the clubs going because they know that they're the they're the people who keep the sport going if they decide to start withholding money uh, from the clubs then obviously the, the the rugby league and the super league you know will be in deep trouble then. yeah i know what you're saying but at the end of the day this sort of thing is it's a pandemic and it's a global pandemic. It's not something that you can really plan for, is it? So I think if, I don't know, it is about money and it sometimes, but I think if you was, 
Mr. Sky Sports, whoever owns it, or is it still that Rupert Murdoch fellow? I think you'd have to look at things with a, you know, with a bit of humanity and say, you know, players' lives and that are at stake, aren't they? And supporters' lives, and you know, everybody really. So you've got to, you've got to be safe, hasn't it, before you can start going back and playing matches and things like that. And, you know, I love rugby league; it's my life and that. But you know, something like this makes you wake up sometimes and think, you know, there's more to life than, than rugby league, isn't there? And there's more to life than football. You know, people's health and and well-being and, and safety is paramount, really. I think that's what comes first. And, you know, I never thought I'd say anything like that. But, you know, when something like this happens and, you you, you know, I, I come home from work every night and I don't really watch a lot of news and things like that, but my me, me wife tends to do. And she'll say to me, oh, 600-odd people have passed away today through this. And when you think about it, it's a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, I don't know but how many people sort of die per day in Great Britain, but there's 600 people dying every day over a virus. It's... It's quite a big thing, and obviously until that's under control, I think it'd be very foolish to start playing with believe. I think any sport that, any sport, yeah. Paul, yeah. I think that you know, six hundred, like you said, six hundred, six hundred people, five hundred people, it's coming down. But if you look at like Germany, you know that they're looking to start the Bundesliga again, aren't they? This week, um, mm. their rates are going up, starting to creep up again. So it, it, it's kind of like they said, yeah, first of June. You know, for 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 sports, but you know, we don't know how this this curve's going to go. We just have to do our bit as a population and and sort of you know stay in as much as you can. I know, obviously, the the, uh, the official thing is to you know stay safe and and be alert. Uh, but really, you know, you really want to stay in as much as you can so you get less chance of uh, catching the virus. Without going off on a political tangent, Robert, I, I watched the. Uh... The thing last when was it Monday night now or Sunday I can't remember what it was now I lose track of the days uh, when Boris Johnson made his announcement and this this sort of stay alert be alert sort of thing it's like what what does he mean it's like this this disease is 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 invisible it's not like you're fighting Germans they're riding in a bush with a gun and you can see them it's it, it's you know be alert you know, you could catch it off anything I think you've just got to be really sensible haven't you and as 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 people I think we've just got to look after each other as best as we can. You know, be patient when you're out in the shops and that, and you know, keep your distance from people and don't get too wound up. I mean, I've been out in supermarkets and that, and doing the shopping for my missus because she didn't really want to go out, and you, know, you get people sort of arguing over the queue and this and the other. And sometimes you think, you know, just just behave yourself and just do what you can because you know what the, the general public are like. There's a lot of wallies out there, isn't there? But you know, my sort of slant on things is just be patient and just let's just look after each other. It's not forever, is it? Hopefully, life will get back to normal at some stage, but. I think at the moment you just got to be patient and just try and be as safe as you can. Yeah, obviously the RFL looking at sort of uh, the big, uh, big ticket games towards the end of the season, like the test match, the text, test matches, and the, and the Challenge Cup. You know, the big spinners in our sport they're in real doubt, really. You know, because time yeah. is ticking. Unless we're going to go into sort of Christmas time uh, to, to do it, and it'd be interesting to see you know what they do in that situation. Yeah, certainly. We were due to play the Ashes, wasn't we, this year, which would be very disappointing if that doesn't happen, obviously. You know, like I said before, there's, there's, there's obviously people's health and that, but that'd be disappointing. You've got your Challenge Cup as well, and if that did start again, the Challenge Cup, I think, you know, for, for me, looking at it from a logistical point of view, if we can't, you know, get the league games in, Challenge Cup could be perhaps a tournament that we can play because it's not like loads of games, is it? But would you be able to play the final at Wembley? Would you, you know, Wembley's sort of booked up, isn't it, for certain dates? So I don't know what would happen with that there. Just uh, talk of us playing, I think, Wales and international. I mean, I'm sure that the Rugby League will come up with something and, you know, it, could we play some, some cup tournaments? Could we play like a Nines competition? I'm sure that if we couldn't restart Super League or we had to play something different, I'm sure we could come up with, with some sort of idea. But like you say, nobody really knows at the moment. I mean, talking to my friend today, who's a big football fan, and he, I think he was telling me I think there's about eight or nine games left in the in the Premier League and they're looking to try and start it again. But it's fitting, I suppose it's fitting the games in because the, the new season for football starts in August, doesn't it? And, what we are now the middle of May, so he's looking at about squeezing these games, and then when are you going to start next season? So it's a bit, it's a bit tricky, really. You know, fitting everything in on the calendar it must be a bit of a nightmare for the people trying to organise things. Yeah, I suppose it's a contract thing as well. You know, obviously, because players' contracts yeah. will sort of run down. Um, That's right. If you're sort of playing, you know, later on in the year when it goes past the original time you should be playing then it's a bit of a you know we might get close to your contracts and then will there have to be a discussion with the players about having to 
you know, extend the contracts for another couple of weeks for him to finish the season. It's 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 going to be interesting. Well, then when you talk about you know, what what could happen, you know, promotion relegation, we we don't obviously know what the situation is with that. You know, with this coronavirus costing clubs, you know, millions of quid. Um, you know, getting relegated as well. That would be a you know really, uh, real sort of a you know body blow, uh, really, because obviously they'll have no crowd, no crowd money. You know, re- reduced sponsorship money. You know, it'd be a real problem for some clubs that. So it'd be interesting to see if the you know the the Super League you know decide if there isn't sort of going to be sort of relegation or promotion. You know, then that yeah, affects it, the, it, the first division, doesn't it? Because you know what what ins- will inspire the the first division to get going in the championship? Because obviously, yeah. there's no you know dream of getting back into Super League. Then you know, is it worth really risking you know your your players uh, sort of health on a, on something you don't get any any reward for? That's right. Like I said, I was just going to say there, you, you've stole my thunder a bit. We talk about like the, the survival. Yeah, you've also got to think about the sides that are going for promotion because there's quite a, a few sides in the in the championship, you know, like to Lee, Featherstone, Toulouse and, you know, others as well, um, which I could name, that have all sort of, you know, spent quite a bit of money, haven't they? And, and they budgeted to get promoted. And, you know, if they, they're not to get promoted this season, that how could that affect them and how they're going to go? So it's that's at both ends of the table. You've got the relegation situation and the, uh, the promotion as well. So how that works, I'm not too sure. I mean, could we perhaps freeze the season? I mean, we've only played six games, haven't we? It's not like we've, we're at the, the back end of the season like football. We're sort of just starting the season, so could we freeze the season? And our next game was Castleford, so could we start again in 2021 at the same point and just carry this season on and and have that then? I'm not too sure, but what would you do for the rest of this season? Could you bring in perhaps some, some cup competitions just to, you know, to satisfy the the television people that likes a sky and play some cup competitions just to, to keep everybody ticking over, perhaps finish the Challenge Cup, but pause the league until next season. I don't know. There's all sorts of different things. I suppose again, we've just got to wait for the to see what the government say and their guidelines because who knows? I mean, in two months' time, it, the, the the rates of infection and things like that could have come right down, couldn't they? But they could have gone right up. You don't really know what's going to happen, do you? I think the thing is, you say bring in, you know, start new cup competitions. It's still costing clubs money to run, you know, that competition, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. you know, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens there because obviously, whether it's a, you know, a, a made-up cup that they may, you know, decide between themselves they're going to play for, or whether they play uh, for, the, for, you know, for the Super League. But the thing with, with cup competitions is, uh, you might only go one round. And you get knocked out, and that's you done for eight weeks. When with with Super League, at least you get a game every week, so you get a continuous flow of money. So I, I can't see them saying right, we'll have a cup competition because you know there could be sort of four clubs or whatever uh, they get knocked out first round, and they're done then for, for for three weeks. No money coming in, no gate receipt. Well, I don't get any gate receipts anyway, but no sort of like juice at all coming in. So it's, it'd be a problem, I think. Yeah, I always sort of meant that because of the, the calendar situation. Because yeah. like I said. We've only played six matches, so if you were going to carry the Super League on, say say we, the season was going to start again in August or something like that, you've already got a couple of months left in the season to play because it finishes obviously at the end of September anyway. So say you had like six weeks to, of the season left, you wouldn't be able to fit like 20-odd games in, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? So perhaps you could play sort of a cup competition, then like a nines tournament or something like that, you know, just to keep the clubs going because I just don't see how now Oh, at the moment, I think we've missed about six games, haven't we, since uh, since the lockdown started. So, you know, in a couple more weeks, it'll be eight, ten games. Where are you going to fit those ten games in? How long does the season go on for? And then when do you start next season? Would next season be a shortened season where perhaps you only play each other maybe once? Or, or I mean, this season you could scrap those loop fixtures, I suppose, couldn't you? But how do you do that? How can how do you scrap things that are part of a fixture list? It's like... I suppose if you're you're an organiser or you're someone who does the fixtures, this must be your worst nightmare. Uh, you know something like this happening because it just it does show it just makes it it's so difficult. I mean, I suppose it's the same for any sport, isn't it? Like football, rugby league, rugby union, you know, even cricket when that supposedly starts soon, doesn't it? Or should it? I think it should have started now. So um, it must be a nightmare for the, for the you know the people who are in charge of the you know the governing bodies. Yeah, because they they're talking about sort of if it does that does get going. Sort of later in 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 the in the year, you know, teams playing three times a, a week, and that for me, rugby league is a really tough sport. And you know, these boys, you know, play really hard. And you know, watching them, 
you know, play three games in, in a week, that's going to be, you know, a, a mass, a massive test of their body in it. And, and it might yeah. sort of reduce the quality, I think, of the game. And I wouldn't want, you know, that to be a, a regular uh, occurrence playing three games a week. You need a big squad. I think you need a big squad to play three games a week. I mean, we've seen the players coming out after the game, haven't we? We've been waiting for interviews at, the, at that door where they come through. Some of them, the way they hobble out of there after they finish playing. And, you know, they, they're carrying knocks, aren't they? And, you know, ice on their legs and all that. And if you're going to ask them to play another game in like two days' time, and then another game two days after that, you know, you're risking injuries and all sorts, aren't you? I mean, they scrapped the two games at Easter, haven't they? Because, you know, they don't want to play two games. So you're asking them to play three games in a week, you're asking an awful lot there. And particularly for a club like us, who've not got like a massive squad, you get a few injuries there, and then what are you going to do? Who are you going to put, put into the, 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 the side? So... I don't think the players and the player welfare people would be, would be very happy about that, to be honest, and the, the players' union and that. So you're opening a massive can of worms there with that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, uh, Paul. Obviously, the Championship and League One club, they're talking about alternative ways uh, to, to make money during this crisis. And, you know, for us, we, we've got, you know, RDTV, uh, we've got, you can buy virtual, uh, you know, food and stuff, for, you know, while you're watching the matches on, on RDTV. It's good that the club have have decided to, to go that way because it gives the club a chance, doesn't it? Yeah, it's good if you're on a diet as well, isn't it? <laughs> Buy virtual food. <laughs> yeah, go on and have one of them burgers. You don't have to put any weight on, are you? But no, they, they've come up with um, some good ideas. I mean, the, the RDTV is tremendous. It really has. I mean, that's off to everybody involved in that because uh, the stuff that's on there and the, the, the bits and bobs I've watched on, on the internet and that, they bring back some fantastic memories. And I, I mean, I've got some DVDs upstairs. I'm difficult in my house I live with three women as you know and it's, it's hard to get the teller but um, I've got some DVDs there waiting to, to be watched as well when I get a minute but it's been great you know you know, seeing the old matches and the old players and you know all the stuff that's been on, on, on Twitter and you know the various Facebook pages that the you know the supporters run on, on Facebook and that have all the old photographs and things like that it's been, been great really has um, I got some programmes dropped off by a solver supporter Trev the Red um, he dropped me some programmes off I was working Sunday and he dropped them off on my doorstep, which I'll have a look through. So I've got some of them to donate to the supporters' trust as well. So uh, it's been great. It really has. I've, I've enjoyed the, you know, my nostalgic reading and, and, and viewing. Yeah, talking about the uh, Red Devils TV um, and all the retro games on there as well, we've got a clip uh, of Martin Afire uh, talking um, during his debut season at Salford. About it as if uh, you know it's all over. Um, I'm still in the midst of it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, Salford. It's a new challenge, a new club, and uh, looking forward to some success. Yeah, the coach was saying. I mean, I, you say I accuse you of saying it's all over, but the coach was saying that uh, you're going like as a 17-year-old since you've been here. Well, I don't know about quite a 17-year-old, maybe a 24. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's a new challenge, being at Salford, and as I say, I'm really relishing it. So that was Matt and a fire. Uh, talking uh, before the Challenge Cup game against uh, Warrington uh, all them years ago, Paul, and you know he, he was a he was a good player for us. He scored his 500th try, his, you know, which was fantastic uh, in London. Uh, apart from the fact he celebrated by going into celebrating an empty stand, apart from instead of the stand where all we were we were, but there was the valley that one. I remember that. You could still <laughs> tell even at whatever he was, 35 or something, uh, that he, yeah. he knew where the line was and he was a clinical finisher. 2001, that guy, that's nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. It? God, he's at Charlton Athletics, trying to remember that. We had a good win as well, didn't we, that day? Um, just just re- going back to that Challenge Cup time, would that be the Challenge Cup time in 2000 when uh, Alan Hunt scored for Warrington in about the 10th minute of injury time to, <laughs> to pip us in the quarterfinals? I think it was, wasn't it? it was. But I remember uh, Martin Fire at Salford, I thought he was, uh, he still had plenty of pace, didn't he, when, when we signed him? I'm not too sure how old he was. He was in his, well, in his 30s, wasn't he? But he was still very, very quick. Um, I remember him scoring a try. I was stood in the corner at the uh, the, the club end, you know where the old, the really old scoreboard used to be. I remember standing there one for one match, right on the right on the um, you know the advertising boardings, and, and he got a pass. I can't remember who gave it him, but he scored in the corner there. And he was like lightning, really tiny gap that he, he went through, and took my breath away just just watching him. But uh, I think his uh, his highlight moment was that drop goal, wasn't it, against Bradford yeah. <laughs> to put us one nil up. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, legend, legend of the sport. He was, he was, and obviously, you know, he did a great sort of service for us as well. 
you know, obviously during that time, you know, we weren't the best team in the world, were we? but we had we had a good time off the off the uh, off the field, didn't we? You know, loads of uh, you know great memories flooding back after watching all the uh, the highlights on on Red Devils TV. I just you know it's really really great during you know times like this where you can you know tune in and uh, and reminisce. Yeah, and I was watching uh, a bit of the Arriva Trains Cup final from two thousand and three the other day, and you know how how good did we play that day? I mean, I forgot how good Gareth Haggerty was that day, and Andy Coley they absolutely smashed through through Lee Centurions, and there was a try where I think Coley scored, and I was stood near the front there, at the Sandy Lane, because my dad being a numb to the ears, he bought, he bought tickets for the the Lee end, so we were stood up in the Lee end with all the Fleming Lee supporters, but uh, no, it was a great day that, and um, I remember. God, I had a, had a right skin full of beer that night in Rochdale and uh, got a train home and the train driver, the uh, conductor let me on for free because I told him we'd just won the Arriva Trains Cup. He said, congratulations, you, you can have a free ride. It's absolutely blasphemous. But uh, no, it was a good season that. But just, yeah, like you say, it brings back all the memories, doesn't it? And at the time, it just doesn't seem that long ago, but I suppose yeah, it's uh, another 20 years ago. No? It's mad how time goes. We were all very blathered during, during that point. But obviously, it was a good day out, that. Yeah, it was. At that point, I don't think we did. <laughs> um, so yeah don't forget to get your subscription for RDTV uh, and, and help the club obviously during this time it's, it's, it's you know a lifeline really for them yeah it certainly is it's well worth it as well it's not expensive is it so it's well worth it and there's, you know, there's not a right lot on telly is it? I mean I come home from work every night and see what's on the, on the box it's bugger all on a lot of it's repeats in it and that so uh, I believe Coronation Street are running out of episodes and all now aren't they so uh God, God knows what they're going to put on ITV soon. So, yeah, get, get on that Red Devils TV. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah, obviously during this time, uh, the Salford uh, Red Devils Foundation uh, have been doing a fantastic job going around the community, helping vulnerable people. You know, it's kind of a thing that shows how, how, how good they are and how much they do in the, in the community. Uh, you know, it's Neil Blackburn and, and the boys and girls down there, you know, doing a fantastic job. Yeah, they certainly are. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's out there, you know, doing stuff, you know, that's off to you because it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, in my job, I'm going to people's houses every day and, you know, you, you just sort of crack on, don't you? But sometimes you do feel a bit apprehensive, you know, you go into old people's houses and you think, God, what am I, am I carrying something here? Could I be giving it to them? So it, it is, it's difficult, it really is. So, you know, I understand, uh, you know, the, the hard stuff that they're doing. So, yeah, that's off to, you know, doing voluntary work and, and things like that. I mean, that's what's that's so important to, to you know to elderly people and people who can't get out and you know people with massive hearts like that you know that's what makes our country great. Yeah, the, the club uh, and the Lighthouse Church uh, have got a mission. They've got together to supply seventy uh, homeless people in North Manchester with a bag of food every week for the whole month of May. So they're basically the plan really. So is if you go shopping, just buy a little extra uh, for those people who, who are sort of on the streets. Um, if people can sort of buy extra noodles, uh, sugar, uh, salt, bread, peanut butter, coffee, tea, uh, chickpeas, family hand wash, toilet tissues, body wash, baked beans, cereals, long life milk, canned soup, uh, canned vegetables, canned fruit, canned tuna, uh, canned tomatoes, vegetable oil, rice, lentils, dried beans and dried pasta. You know, that, that gives you know the people on the streets uh, an opportunity, obviously, to, to feed themselves because obviously during this time, uh, obviously, any time being on the streets is, is is probably you know really 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 bad. Uh, but during obviously this pandemic, it's probably ten times worse. Well, yeah, you don't you can't really uh, imagine, can you? Living off the streets like, but it must be awful. But especially this time of year, because it, you know you see people on the street. I go into Manchester quite a bit, and you know I, I always see the same sort of guy who who sells me. Um, his, uh, his magazine and that, the uh, the big issue. And I always give him a couple of quid at Christmas when I see him and what a very nice fella. But this time of year, or when this is going on, nobody's out, are they, in city centres? So there's nobody there to give him a couple of quid or there's, there's not many shops open and that is there are people knocking about. So these people are probably desperate, aren't they, for things now? So, uh, so yeah, if you can if you can help out, just buy an extra couple of tins of beans and that, it, it probably does go a long way, doesn't it, keeping people alive? Yeah. Obviously, what you got to do when you get your uh, your, your stuff together, uh, you can deliver it to the the, the Lighthouse Church, uh, 12 Century Park, Con Coronet Way, 
uh, Eccles M51 RE uh, on a Wednesday or a Thursday between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, so obviously, you know, if you can do that, if you if you can afford, you know, a little bit extra in your shopping to, to help uh, the people, the homeless people uh, of Manchester and Salford, um, you know, please do it because obviously they everyone needs a, a bit of help, don't they? They certainly do, mate. Certainly do. So, other news, Paul. The big news, really, that we've waited till the last part is our fullback, Nile Levels. Um, he hasn't confirmed. Well, he's confirmed it, but Casper Tigers. Um, he should. Be, he says. Well, news speculation is that he's moving to Casper Tigers in, for the for 2021 season. Um, Paul King confirmed on Twitter that. He rejected our uh, contract offer, um, and obviously he's, he's, he's leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, he was on the front page of the League Express on uh, on Monday. I've not bought one this week because uh, I, I seen it tonight in Morrison's, and I saw it there looking at me. I thought I can't buy it. I can't buy it and read that about Nile. So don't read it; it's not true. But yeah, I heard it. I think it was uh, was Sunday night. I saw it on on Twitter. I think Matthew Shaw, who uh, writes for the for the Express and various other rugby publications, put that on. So I suppose it's a story for for them. Um, I don't know who's leaked it out. I'm not too sure because I don't think Nile would have leaked it out. I don't think Castleford have. I think they've. You know, I'm no Castleford lover, but it, it sounds like they've not really confirmed it or anything yet, have they? So they're, they're keeping strum about it. So a uh, bit of a shock, really, especially with, with Niall having a testimonial next season. And by the sounds of what Paul King said, there was a really good offer on the table there. So without being disrespectful to Castleford, why would you take up a, a one-year deal at a team who, in my eyes, are, are no better than us, really? And, uh, you know, we got to a grand final last season and we beat them in the playoffs. So... It just seems a strange move. You can understand it if they offered him like a five-year deal or something, but you know, one year has he got something else lined up after that? I don't, I don't know. But for me, Niall's been tremendous at Salford. Watching him, you know, blossom into you know a fantastic player. Um, I think he's still got areas of his game he needs to improve, but he really is probably for me one of the best players we've got at the club. So to be losing him for next season, it's it's a big blow, isn't it? Because you know, blokes like him don't. Don't come along very often, do you? So we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to try and try and replace him or, or bring bring the next player in. So it's disappointing. It'd be disappointing for Ian Watson because it's someone else he's got to uh, to re- to replace. Hasn't he? And we've also lost Gil Dudson, who's got the Catalans. So that's two decent players who, who've gone already there. So, but Niall, I think what's hurt people at the club more with Niall is he's he's part of the furniture at Salford. He's been there for, since he was so so young, since he was a teenager, and come right through the system. And you know, it really means something to him. And uh, you know he's one of us, really, isn't he? So, uh, so yeah, I think that's a disappointing thing for me. Yeah, the, the club released a statement um, saying obviously he was forty-eight hours from from signing the contract, and then obviously him and his representative asked for a bit more time, um, and obviously the club then sort of put a bit more uh, benefits on his on the package that they were offering, him, and then the club found out that he'd, he'd signed for um, you know we're told informed that he'd he'd, he'd um, going to be signing for another club so it's it's disappointing but obviously like you said there's two ways sort of looking at it um his agent obviously needs to find sort of the best deal for his player so it, it's it's important that you know the agent does a job and if he thinks that he can get a better deal for Niall in, in his career then obviously that's what he's got to do it's a it's a disappointment obviously we've we've nurtured him we've we've helped him go this far as a player but as as a club, we're we're an opportunity club in in my eyes, and obviously if Niall is at the end of his cycle with us, uh, we can go and get the next Niall level. Somebody who's sort of hungry and and wants to achieve uh, at Salford, and it's, it's it's disappointing, but he he's got to look after his his, his own uh, sort of career, and and now obviously we'll have to move on without, and I, and I'm, I have confidence in 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 Ian Watson and Ian Blaze and and Paul King to to be able to sort of get the next nine levels in, into our squad and, and we'll move forward again because obviously we, we've lost big players before haven't we and it, it's you know we, we've always bounced back we've always found the next uh, sort of uh, player who, who takes us to that next level so you know I, I'm confident the likes of Ian Watson you know and Ian Blaze can, can, can find the next nine levels and we can continue to move forward Yeah I think it's, it's always gone on it players going out when my dad tells me about the, the, the young side that we had in the early 80s you know the likes of Colin Whitfield David Stevens and Paul O'Neill players like that who, who all left and you know, went to, to Wigan and 
clubs like that, and you know, Paul Groves went to St. Helens, Paul Fletcher went to, to uh, Hull. So a big um, sort of group of, of good young players there that, that left then. So, you know, players have always always gone, haven't they? I mean, look at last season. Jackson Ace has left as he came at Wigan and we beat him. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't always always go that, does it? Just because the players are moving on. you just got to move on as, as a club, haven't you? And no player is, is, is bigger than the club. But the only sort of bit of taste in my mouth is I saw something on, I can't remember who wrote it now on Twitter saying, you know, he's gone off to better himself. And I thought, Without being disrespectful to Castleford, I don't see how moving to Castleford is, is better than yourself from Salford because, you know, I don't think they're any better than us. Um, I could understand it maybe if he signed for St. Helens or possibly Wigan, um, especially St. Helens, they're the champions, or gone to Australia to play in the NRL. And, and yeah, I'd say, yeah, he's, he's got to better himself. But got a team like Castleford, it seems like a bit of a sideways move to me, but he must have been offered a lot of money to go to Cass because I, I believe Salford offered him a really, really big deal, didn't they? And Paul King said that, you know, he pushed the boat out and offered him, you know, a really good deal and he obviously has turned that down. And like you said, his agent gets paid to, to help him out and find the best deal for him. And I think you just got to respect Niall's decision, haven't you? I think another thing that sort of soured things for me is that when it's been announced, it's difficult to take when it's announced now because... Don't forget, everybody's a bit down in the beak, aren't they? We're locked down and not being able to do anything, not being able to go anywhere. And it's just like a bit of a strange time to, to, for it to be announced because we don't know whether we're going to be playing another game yet this season. Niall could have played his last game. You don't know what's going to happen, do you? So perhaps it would have been better if it had been announced once the season starts again or at the end of this season. It just seems strange the way it would leak because speaking, if you spoke to Niall, I don't think he'd, he'd really want it to come out yet. Did he? I don't think he's ready for it to be come out, but I, uh, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Like you said, it's his his career, and obviously him and his agent, you know, will want to you know get the best for him. And obviously, a one year contract to Casford is, is is a gamble for me because we we he doesn't know obviously what what will happen there. Obviously, looking forward, you know, after one year, you've got uh, other clubs, you know, their fullbacks might be coming to the end of the careers, like Coot at, at St Helens, and you know, other other clubs fullbacks are getting older. Could he sort of use Casford as a springboard? Uh, to to the likes of, of Saints or, or Wigan, but in that situation though, you you're relying on the likes of Saints and Wigan to to take the gamble on their levels, or will they go and get a you know a world class Australian fullback instead? It's, it'd be interesting to see you know if if, if gamble sort of pays off uh, really, but we'll have to, we'll have to yeah. I suppose it, it all depends who's available at the time, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, we are an opportunity club. People upset about my levels sort of departing um but he's, he's not the first person who, who's who's departed um and we always bounce back and, and that's what that's what it's all about that's what we are this club we're, we're an opportunity club we we give players an opportunity to go to that next level uh and then the team goes to that next level because everybody's going in the right direction everybody's you know together in the cars uh and, that, and that's what it's all about that's what soul red devils is all about yeah yeah definitely i think from what I saw uh, um, of people on, I don't know, like I said before, I don't know how Twitter works sometimes, but you see bits of comments, don't you? I think what people had a bit of a gripe about was, and I think in that statement as well, because that statement was quite a strongly worded statement, really. I was quite taken back when I read that. Uh, it seemed to me like the gist of it there was that he'd, he'd agreed to deal with Salford and then gone, gone back on that. So you don't really know what's gone on there, do you? I mean, the only person who knows is Niall and, and the people at the club and, and his agent, who I believe is Yestin Harris's agent, I believe, is it? Yeah. Um, so, and I know he's an agent for quite a lot of, of, of players now, isn't he? So, uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't want to say a bad word about Niall because I think he's been tremendous at Salford and, and he's not he's not like a mouthy player either, is he, or a big head. He's, he's one of them lads who just comes in, gets on with it, lives and breathes the sport. You know, he doesn't go out booze, he doesn't go out making a... Making, sort of headlines in the newspapers. He's he's just a quiet lad and a, and a cracking rugby league player. So, you know, I wouldn't have any grimes about him when he comes back next season. I wouldn't be shouting at him and giving him abuse and that. I'd, I'd wish him all the best for his career and just hope he has a crap game when he plays against Salford. But um, he'll be missed. He will be. Like I said, the thing what makes it a bit more sour is that he's, he's come through our system and he's been there so long because who was the last player who got a testimony at Salford, Robert? He's probably looking at Malcolm Olker, Stuart Littler. Somebody like that, because you know players don't stay at clubs for ten years now, do they? So, and and that's another thing that baffled me a bit. If it was like a money sort of thing, you'd think he'd get a decent, you know, screw from his from his testimonial, wouldn't you? But uh, no, it's it's not to be, and um, we'll have to uh, 
cross that bridge when we come to it now and see if we can replace somebody or, or somebody in the club who we've got now will go to full-back. I'm not too sure. Ian Watson will be all over that. He's not daft Watson. I'm sure he'll sort something out. He's lost good players before, haven't he? Look at Gareth O'Brien. He was a cracking full-back for us, wasn't he? He left and now came back in, so an opportunity might open for somebody else now or, or we might sign somebody else. You don't know. Yeah, because there is the you know fullbacks available out there, but we're not you know you know struggling. O'Brien's not getting a game at, at Toronto. Um, you've got the, the could he could he come back to Salford? You know, stranger things have happened, haven't they? Uh, at Wakefield, um, you know, there is options out there for, for us, and you know we, that's if we're just thinking about people that we know. Ian Watson, he's got you know ties in you know in all in here in Britain and in Australia. He'll know you know he was available and. You know, he'll pick the players he want. He wants to improve his squad, and, and you know, he's so far he's, he's been able to 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 find to go into the rough and, and find a find diamonds, and, and that's uh, that's what he'll have to continue to do. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will, Robert. I mean, I've not seen the uh, the list of out out of contract players for the end of um, the end of this year. Um, I believe there's a there's a few names that I got mentioned the other day who sort of. No, my ears pricked him and thought, yeah, he's a decent player. So I'm sure what what was not daft. He's, he studies everything, doesn't he? he? He'll be he's always one step ahead of, uh, of a lot of the other coaches. So I'm sure he'll 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 be all over this. He'll be on his laptop. He'll be checking things out and checking players out. And you know, he's always there. He's not he's not behind the door. So uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm fairly confident that he'll he'll, he'll plan ahead and, and and sort something out. But it's very disappointing. It is a disappointing thing. And. It's a kick in the teeth, isn't it? And it's just, as I said before, the, the timing of things, you know, people are feeling a bit down and then <laughs> Missy said to me, I'm sure it was Sunday night, she said, oh, have you seen this? And it was it was that and it was like, bloody hell. And I had like a really tough day at work on Sunday and then Niall Evans was going to cast, so it was a bit of a bit of a hammer blow, really. Morgan Escalade, that's the that's the, that's the, the fullback I was talking about. He was at loan, gone on loan to, is it to Wakefield? So, you know... He, yeah, Escalade, yeah, he was at like Cat- Catalan and he went to Wigan, yeah. Fullback. yeah. <laughs> You know, he could be a like-for-like replacement. Yeah, he's um, he's a similar sort of player to him, isn't he? Very quick, very good on the attack. And uh, I was surprised when he was loaned out to uh, to Wakefield, but uh, I believe um, Jamie Shaw's out of contract as well. So, so I believe I'm not 100, but that's what I heard. The the lad at Hull, and uh, he's a, he's a decent player. Another guy as well who, who was going to mention to you, Rob. I don't know if you're going to mention it to me, but Josh Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed a three-year deal at Hull FC, didn't he? After he left Salford last season, I believe. It's been all over the, the newspapers this week that he, he wants out of Hull and uh, he wants to move back sort of this side of the Pennines if he can. So could that be a, an opportunity for us? I think Warrington are the side who are because they're losing Ben Murdoch Missouri, aren't they? He's going back to the NRL. So I think they want Josh Jones to replace him. But could we be in there for, for Josh again? I'm not too sure. I think there'll be, there'll be quite a few sort of uh, transfer moves, won't there, and things like that in the, you know, for next season. I think I suppose the difference between sort of rugby league and sort of football and that the transfers aren't sort of mega money they just kind of swap contracts don't they so it's usually out of contract players isn't it yeah that move on for free sort of the transfer market in, in rugby league as much as it would in, in football because obviously you're not paying sort of inflated transfer well how much would Nile Levels be worth say, say Nile Levels was on the three year deal at Salford and Cass would come in to sign him how much would they pay for Nile Levels you're talking quite a few quid there for him because he's on the cusp of being a, you know a great Britain England international isn't it Yes, he, he is, but obviously he's, he's come to the end of his cycle at Salford. And, and, and That's the frustrating thing, though, isn't it? When you don't get, for me, when you you brought a player through the system, there and he runs out, his contract runs out, and he's moves on for free. It must be must be frustrating that for the you know for the people at the top of the club, they must think, "Blimey, we've got this really cracking player, but his contract's run out, and he, he moves on for nothing." Yeah, but I suppose that the club w- would have known that his contract was running out. Obviously, the, the yeah. planned for him to sign it, and obviously for him not to. Surely now they're obviously looking for replacements, aren't they? It's not like he's leaving sort of tomorrow. He's he's got we've still no. got months down the line, haven't we, until he actually departs. So, you know, the likes of Ian Watson, Ian Blees can can scour the market and, and, and find, you know, an, an adequate replacement. And I, I'm confident that, that they that they will be able to do that, Paul. And you know, this this club is all about opportunity and, and you know, giving players that, that chance to play and, you know, play at the top level and, and that's what Ian Blees and Ian Watson will, will have to go out and sell uh, to the to, to the players that are looking in. Don't forget, we got to a grand final last season. We're we're a, we're a you know a club going in the right direction. So it opens you know our door open opens to you know better, bigger and better players who, who want to compete at the top level now. So you're hoping that obviously that Ian Watson and Ian Blees can 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 you know deliver another diamond. 
yeah, well, when all said and done, we are the Super League runners up, aren't we, from last season? So, so yeah, but just going back to higher levels, in, in, I mean, I don't know what other supporters are thinking if you're saying this, but I just hope that Niall's not playing his last game for Salford. I, I really do hope that he gets the chance to pull on the shirt, whether it's in August, September, October, or whenever it is. I just hope he's he gets a chance to you know to to say farewell on the pitch with a cracking performance and score a couple of tries for us. I think that'd be the, the way I'd want to remember Niall Levels. I wouldn't want to remember him for a season that fizzled out and we didn't play again. I'd like to see him score a hat trick against you know, Leeds or somebody like that and really go out in a blaze of glory. So I hope he gets that opportunity because I think he deserves that. I think he does. And if you spoke to him, I think he'd want to do that at Salford. And, you know, reading the, his, his statement that he put on the other night, you know, I, I don't know now personally. I've spoke to his dad plenty of times and he's told me what, what a good guy he is and, and the way he lives his life. And, you know, he's, he's, he's rugby league to the core now. He's, he's not one of them lads that goes out boozing and, you know, he he loves the game and he loves and breathes it. And I'm sure he'd want to go out on the best possible terms with Salford. The, the question is, Paul, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen regarding sort of promotion or relegation this year. Let's say, you know, the, the RFL and the Super League get together and decide, you know what, because of the situation and because of the, you know, coronavirus and, and the money situation in, in the sport, we're not having any, any relegation this year. We're just going to play the fixtures out um, and, and see what happens next year. Um, in that situation, do, do you think it's it's an, a good idea to play him? Because obviously you'll need to find an alternative, won't you? So would, would the club, in, in my, you know, looking at it in my eyes, if if you've got no fear of going down, it's an opportunity then for the likes, you know, of, of other players who can play fullback uh, to 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 put their spot on, uh, you know, and, and it could happen. Obviously, you know, he is a fantastic player at nine levels, but you know, we we've got to think about. Our our future, and obviously, you know, if, if if he isn't, you know, part of that future, you know, you look at the likes of Ed Chamberlain. He he's, he he can play fullback. Um, there's other other players as well who who want to, you know, put a mark marker down. Dan Sargentson, uh, he's another one who, who fancies a, fancies a fullback spot. Um, you know, so it's an opportunity for them to come in and and, and put their hat in the ring. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens whether he has played his last game for Salford or not. Well, that's it. I think that that decision will be made by Ian Watson, won't it? Um, I don't know. You'd have to speak to Watto about that, really, and see see what he says. Because also you've got Gil Dudson as well, who's leaving for for, for Catalans, and I don't know whether Watto was best pleased about that. Um, that was quite early in the season. That when when did that get announced? It was it. Was that in the that that was a Wigan game around that time, wasn't it? Just before we played Wigan, I think that got announced because he didn't play in that match, did he? So, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. It all depends whether it all does start again. Like you said, that's the million dollar question at the moment, is it? Whether the, the season will start again? But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. You know, hopefully, from my personal point of view, I hope Nia Levels does get a chance to play for Salford again. Yeah, it's it's one of them. I just think, obviously, you know, it will for me. It will depend on whether they decide. Um, you know, to to not get promotion and relegation. If, if they stop promotion and relegation, then there's no fear of going down. So then you can try things. Um, if obviously there is a fear, you could go down. Then obviously you've got to play your, your strongest uh, seventeen in the strongest positions, aren't you? So you know it will it will go down to to that decision made by all the clubs. And it, and you know I'm sure they'll they'll be looking you know at that uh, in the next sort of few weeks. Obviously the government have said first of June, but the RFL have, have, have talked about it and they're still. You know, I mean, and they don't think that the first of June is is, is viable yet. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I suppose it's a it's a thing nobody knows. Are they apart from you know nobody knows? Not even this with this the R rate. We we don't know where it will be in in June, do we? No, no. One thing I've learned in the last few weeks is just sort of take each day as it comes, don't you? Take each day as it comes, and I always say that to you, don't about. But rugby, just one match at a time. I know it's an old cliche, but I think you just got to take each day as it comes, haven't you? And, just, just, just see what happens, and uh, you know if it if it doesn't work out this season, there's always going to be next season, hopefully. And um, I, like from my personal point of view, I just hope that clubs can survive. And you know now's the time to get behind your club. You know if you're a supporter of a side that perhaps is you know like a League One team or, a, or sort of lower end of the Championship side, you know get, get behind your team, buy a season ticket, or, or give them a bit of spare cash or something because. Which you don't want to lose your club, do you? So, like with us at Salford, if you can get your um, RDTV um, membership or don't donate a bit of money to that squad builder or, or whatever you can. I know money's tight with people at the moment if you're on furlough or something like that. So, it's, it's worrying times, isn't it, really? So, 
just hope well the clubs can survive and we can, you know, we can we can beat this and you know people are safe and and things like that. So uh, yeah, a bit of a worry, a bit of a worry, mate. It is a worry, Paul. But obviously we're all you know we're all in this together, aren't we? We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Um, you know the coronavirus is 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 out there and obviously we've got to do you know our best to protect ourselves from it and obviously the club need to the clubs in in rugby league obviously need to do their bit for themselves or they need to to find ways to 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 generate juice for themselves and it's important obviously the 16 16 million pound is 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 a is a good good thing obviously it's a loan from the government obviously the club the clubs or the rfl will need to find a way of paying that money back it's not like a gift is it uh, which might which might be a a thing to think about obviously can these clubs who have you know have that uh, handout can they repay it have they got enough sort of uh, space in in their uh, so financial um, bar charts to 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 add an extra you know 10% to pay it back that's another thing you have to think about yeah that's right i mean you don't really think about that at the time. You're getting this gift of sixty million quid. You don't think, "Why we've got to pay that back?" So, um, so yeah. I mean, I just hope when when rugby league does start again, that that we see a surge in the crowds and, and people. Obviously, when they when they can with all the social distancing, and that, I don't know how it's going to work out. But when you know we get the all clear, I just hope people turn out and watch the games. And you know, for me now, people are desperate aren't they, to watch some live sport. So you know, if we was if if someone said tomorrow, right, you can go and watch Salford tomorrow, you'd hope you get a really big crowd, wouldn't you? And people would get behind it. So let's hope they do when it when it all happens, and you know we can we can pay that money back or whatever we have to do with it. I don't I don't know the ins and outs of all that, but let's hope something good comes out of this in the long run. Yeah. So that's the end of this uh, pop up podcast, Paul. Good to get back in the saddle. Yeah. Good to chat to you, mate. Yeah. Really good to chat to you. I've been. Uh, I've been waiting for this. I've been miving you for the last couple of weeks. I was like, we're doing a podcast, we're doing a podcast. But no, good to chat to you, mate. Obviously, a bit of disappointing news with uh, the dial levels, but hopefully there'll be some good news around the corner soon. Yeah, I haven't just been sat home on my thumb just chilling. I've been I've been sort of uh, upskilling, uh, Paul. You know, this I've got a new programme now that helps me do it in real time. Uh, probably it doesn't affect the, your listening experience, but it might save me three hours at the end of the day. Well, yeah, you can get an early night then, can't you? <laughs> Say <laughs> if you stayed up until like four o'clock in the morning doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can say hopefully them days have gone. The bit that the listeners don't see. <laughs> Rob the night owl. <laughs> <laughs> the dark, the dark side of, of rub league podcasting. Yeah, yeah. We know all about that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> so big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I be Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And your fans on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.